0: I'm Roxy. And I'm Priska, And we are... The Two, two Horny goats. go. Whoa. Whoa.
1: Whoa. We're just two horny goats climbing the mountain of life, eating Asian-American stereotypes for breakfast! Wow, wow,
0: wow. New <laughs> <Wow>. 新年快乐! <inaudible> oh my gosh! Uh, have Happy you seen
1: it in any Year. other dialogue? I feel like I should say it in Vietnamese no all the lunar new year, Yeah, I don't know how I to say it. I just know it's called Tet. Yeah. but happy
0: in your language. <laughs> Whatever language you speak in. <laughs> Happy Hunian. Happy Hunian. Oh my gosh. rare, Wow. Rar.
1: And Rar. also, I just want to say not only is it Lunar New Year that has passed, but also Mercury retrograde has ended, Venus retrograde has ended, and now all the planets are direct. Wow. So, in your astrological forecast, yes. this basically means that things are going to be propelling a lot faster now that the planets are not fucking delaying Ooh, shit. Fantastic. Um, and then Mercury Retrograde makes her fabulous return in May. So
0: <laughs> Yes! No, it's good. It's all good, right? Yes. Good things. Good things. So what should we do right now?
1: What should we do? I mean, yeah. right now, um, we should just get really fucking excited because I'm excited about this subject today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What's our subject, Roxy? Okay, we're talking about like, like queer history. Queer history lesson. And it's amazing because like you came up with this idea and it's yes. sort of like been on our slate for like many seasons. For now. many seasons.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's something that we want to do as a recurring segment or a mm-hmm. recurring episode topic, mm-hmm. which is where Roxy does research on a queer history um, story. And, you know, I do my own recon and then we teach each other. And I think part of why we wanted to do this is because there's so many things um we don't know about queer mm-hmm. history. So much of it was kind of either quashed or whitewashed or kind of hidden Um, there's a lot of racism baked into queer history. There's a lot of just awful things that we don't talk about. And I think for myself, to become a better ally, knowing a lot more of these stories and and proliferating them to as many people as possible is so key to being better allies, being a better, more grounded community together.
1: Yeah, and also like as a really gay, really queer person myself, it's so interesting because you're absolutely right. Like for the longest time you feel alienated, you feel invisible, you feel like you wow. know, in almost a weird way, you feel like queerness is also like a modern thing because right. of how many stories were hidden yeah. and squashed and colonized and squandered and, you know, just sort of eliminated from the visibility of the general public. It's true. It's true. And there's
0: just a lot of misconceptions. Like, I think in our minds, like because of how conservative, say, the 40s, 50s and 60s were or not so much the 60s, but 40s and 50s, really, um, we have this idea of, you know, just queer people hiding in a bunker together only having fun with each other not being part of society being afraid at all times and throughout history that's not always the case obviously there's so much kind of persecution that was laid upon them but mm-hmm. i you know it's good to kind of enrich our view of history because that's such a sad way to kind of look at history you there's know? so many stories that
1: we don't know about exactly. and even more that's like not even like we did so much research for this episode, yeah. but there's even more that like are unspoken about and even more like devious and saucy and colorful ones to know about, you know? Yes.
0: And I just want to say like, these are like Roxy said, like very, very narrow topics. Each one we're going to, we're not going to cover anything all encompassing. There's just no way. And so we're just going to kind of go diving deep into one story a piece and hopefully you get a little something and learn a little something from
1: it too. I'm so excited honestly to share my story because I am just like in awe of this person. But anyways, another thing is announcement, announcement, Prisca. (laughs) Stop with You bitch. You actually have a show coming up.
0: I do. Tell us all about it. Oh my gosh. So I am uh, one of my longtime collaborators, Dan, AKA Dan, um, also known as Dan Matthews, which is like very confusing. What's up, what's up Dan? uh, What's up Dan? Um, (laughs) Um, And uh, Dan and I met at a boba shop, which is classic, you know, Really? yeah, classic ABG behavior. (laughs) Um, uh, So Dan and I met 10 years ago now Uh and uh, I was doing a gig there and we met and basically he was like, hey, we should do a gig together. And then from then on, that's how I met Abe. That's how I got into a lot of my music spaces in L.A. Like having if I didn't meet Dan, a lot of things in my life would be really different. So um, we've been, you know, we've kind of gone all over the country playing. We've played in Michigan, in Texas, in Boston, um, you know, kind of all over the country. And uh, I was on his first, uh, the the first album I was on with him as a solo artist was his um, Stuntman album, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. And basically Dan's an adoptee, And after we finished the album, he was like, well, I'm kind of done with doing music. I think I'm going to like, you know, go into all like my production stuff and whatever. And uh, so he was adopted from Korea and he found out that his actual parents were still alive. And he went and found them and a documentary crew went and followed them. And it's just this beautiful story. So AKA, um, it's on streaming platforms. So definitely go check it out. Beautiful. But so we're excited to work with him again. And the show... (laughs) In a very non long winded way, Roxy. <laughs> like, who's long winded? <laughs> but we're gonna do a show at the Moroccan Lounge. He has an EP coming out, an album coming out, super exciting. Um, and on February 19th at the Moroccan Lounge, Abe and I are gonna be playing with him as a band. Hey, hey, hey. And so I'm basically like singing most of the hooks for the set. And then I'm also doing a little opening set 15 oh my minutes. God. And at then the top.
1: basically, we're going to have a two horny goats a meet and greet hey. afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> where we're going to be drunk so very come drunk. hang out <laughs> very
0: drunk and uh we'll put a little of eventbrite link in the show notes so that yeah. you can you can RSVP it's a free show but you just have to RSVP um if you're in LA come hang out yes really
1: please fun. oh my god that's yeah. so exciting like when priska told me this i was like fuck yeah like it's I been know. forever it's been forever like it's- i'm like oh my god a show yeah it's literally been like since
0: a show show it's almost been 4 years since I've had like a show, show.
1: Yeah, so um, this is the, the uh, like every reason to fucking yak yeah. it, make it a full fucking yes. house. I'm gonna be there as well. So um, you know, uh, thanks Dan for our two horny goats, goats. that we're gonna. Be I
2: know. <laughs> we're we have selling no merch, merch. yet. I know. <laughs>
1: but, uh, it's on our list. It's on you our know? list. It's on our uh, list. Uh, but 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 going on to saying that things are on our list, I mean Prisca, how has the year sort of kicked off for you? Like I know you've been super busy recently. So what's going yes. on?
0: Yes, it's been crazy. I think what's been good is I've been getting some. Consulting gigs is everyone wants a piece of this brain, you know what I'm saying? Of course (laughs) they do. But it's been interesting because I've been helping out um, a a church recently with Mm. some of their marketing, Mm. and I, you know, I was actually really proud of myself. I was like, I've made a lot of progress, yes, Um, in a lot of ways. Because I think uh, as a recovering people pleaser, like we talked about in the last (laughs) episode, you know, I worked out a plan with my life coach. um, You know, flying up to Portland, me being like, you know, a five foot tall person who does not always feel like she has. Has a lot of agency and a lot of power. Um, we just made a plan to own my power, to remember who I was, um, to not take shit, and to not engage in shit talking. So we we made a plan, and it really helped me. Like visualizing everything, um, sharing all my anxieties prior, and then building a plan um to kind of keep myself on track and grounded and so yeah it's amazing so when i got there i was able to just go in and be confident and speak my truth and I was worried that church was going to be triggering. Yes. But I think I've had enough space and enough time from the church to kind of have more of a, uh, a less biased, a less like emotionally charged viewpoint. So. Dude, that's growth, baby. You know, you know, you I'm know. I'm so proud of you. Your girl's trying to grow. She, she really tried.
1: So. And every time I see him, just like so proud of you. I'm like, that's my little butterfly <laughs> fucking, you. spreading her wings even farther. Yes, because you
0: remember how insecure I used to be? Yes.
1: And I remember you would get so upset at, me
0: because I would just roll over and let people walk all over me, and I
1: think often. like it's so weird because I was already like conversing with the future version of you, like yeah. I was already like seeing the future version. <laughs> right. You know, I know they say you never date potential, but right. then at the same time, it's like different because I'm like she's gonna eventually become this person, right. Yeah, and I'm like I would not allow her to treat her young self like yes. that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, you yeah. saw it
0: first to be honest. Like, yeah. sometimes like having good friends in your life helps you to really get a mirror to where you are versus like where you can be, you know, not even just like,
1: not even just like kind of crazy potentiality, just like a realistic. Exactly. I think it's because when you care about somebody so much, it's Mm -hmm. like, you don't want them to I don't know you just don't want them to to, to roll over and like l- allow other people to treat them that way that's so true and so it's like it's so interesting because it's like I'm at a certain point in my life where I'm like oh my gosh like my friends are doing well you know yeah. they have good loving partners and I feel like we're all sort of in this same vibration yes and we're all finding peace within our own chaos mm. you know what I'm saying like everyone's doing the work to find that grounding that power within and Honestly, if it's like, if somebody from my friend's group doesn't align with that, like, I get frustrated. Like, it's so weird because I'm like, come on, like, you deserve better. And I want that for you. No, it's so true. Yeah. And I'm trying to be a better friend without trying to be like an annoying big sister Sure, who sure, feels sure, like sure, a know-it-all you right. know like because i know that i can also
0: i mean that's the problem with having way. a podcast right <laughs> Is like all of a sudden you have this megaphone and you're like no everybody <laughs> needs my advice no <laughs> no 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 but i think i know what you mean like it's difficult when you have friends it's not that you want to just oh you're not on my level of development like bye it's not it's not about that but it's just like it becomes more frustrating and difficult to continue life together when they keep self like, sabotaging exactly
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and so you're just like i can't i know you have to go on your own journey and yeah. i want to be here and hold you as much as i can yeah you know but it's like but when you get here man i can't wait to meet you when you get here Ooh. you know what i'm yeah. saying and then then we'll go to the maldives and then that's when i can afford yeah. a fucking villa for like every one of my friends Manifest. still manifesting this, Manifest. manifesting this but that being said yeah. do you remember ava yazdani yes
0: I do. I do. Oh, my gosh. From our film classes? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. The hottest.
1: The so freaking so hot. hot she's I so hot actually lived in the same dorm as her really yeah Otero shout out to Otero oh my goodness she's yeah. so, in my same little hall so like yeah. it was she's a Capricorn oh duh and then like so the best exactly so she like had her birthday in December and then you know Facebook just shows you like oh yeah it's like Ava's birthday and then all of these memories started like crashing back oh. about like how much fun she and I used to have like you know partying with her friends yes. and like and how like when I first came to Los Angeles she seemed already set with right. her freelance job she was already like production coordinating mm. at 23 and like i was making the most money i ever had as a pa for like her commercials and <laughs> right we were the same age wow. but she never ever made me feel not good enough she never ever made me feel but she was always a boss bitch mm. and then um so then i just texted her you know because yeah. we just haven't spoken in 10 years holy shit and i was like hey bitch happy birthday you know i was like i really miss you and then um And then she like responded and she had COVID. And she's like, Roxy! (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, Let me I when I get better, let's go grab a drink. Yes. And usually when people say that, I don't expect to hear from them ever again. You know. It's LA. I get it. But then she did, and then we went to the line hotel and like we saw each other. Oh my god. And I was like, you haven't changed. She's like, you haven't changed. And then she's like married now. Oh to shit. like an EP that I corresponded with like eight years ago on a music video. What? We we're gonna do something for Snoop Dogg, like back then. And now she's she's like a boss producer. She produced like savage Fenty shows like with what? Rihanna. Mm. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Yeah. UCI, bitch. UCI, bitch. <laughs> and then like and then like we've been texting each other and like talking. We like hung out for four hours and you know, we could have talked for like four more hours. And oh my gosh. I just like I just like I don't know like it was such a special feeling like Mm. um you know Ava I you know she was like a friend but I wouldn't consider her like one of my tribe friends but then like I always remembered how I felt around her and then now that we reconnected it's as if no time has passed you know those are the best friendships leveled up yes you also reconnected with Rhoda right yeah
0: oh my gosh goatees y'all have reconnected me with my childhood best friend. I can't even tell you how big a deal this is. Like literally when Rhoda told her parents that we were going to hang out, they cheered. Like they, they legitimately cheered. So I guess what happened was one of our beautiful goatees was listening to an episode and like heard the name Rhoda In our, I think, adult friendships, maintaining adult friendships episode. So if you haven't heard it, go back and listen because it's magical. Yes. Um, And so literally was like, oh, the name Rhoda, that's kind of uh, unique. Yeah. So texted her friend Rhoda and was like, "Uh, is this you at, I don't know, 1537 or whatever it is. And so Rhoda went and listened to it and literally like, you know, she, she listened to the episode and I think, A ton of memories flooded back for her um, is what she told me. And then she messaged me on Instagram and I I thought maybe she had just liked one of my posts or, you know, had like, you know, responded with like, you know, the heart eyes, whatever face but I opened it up and it was like paragraphs and she was, and I was like shocked. And she was like, Hey, I heard this episode. It was such a nice surprise. It's so amazing that we had this time together. Um, and like, basically like I, I spent all night talking to my boyfriend about what we used to do and like what it was like going to your house. And he asked her like, Oh, why don't you stay in touch? And she was like, I, you know, I life. really don't know life. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, you know, we grew up and different things happened and they moved to a different church, which is like very big for me, you know? And, but we ended up having dinner at this beautiful Solong Town place. It was amazing. And it was as if no time had passed. And we hadn't like had a real conversation with each other since we were maybe 14. And so it was just so cool to sit down. And like, we were discussing with each other and we were like, neither of us was worried because it was like, oh, it's Rhoda. And oh, it's Priscilla. And we sat down and it was like, no, didn't need to put on airs, didn't need to, you know, kind of tack on a cheery personality. It was just boom, right back there.
1: See, that's the thing is I started journaling about the, the reunion I had with Ava afterwards. Yeah. And I said, there was a sense of safety that I couldn't really define. Mm. And it's a, it's a, it's a sense of safety and understanding of a person that you had memories with from a certain time in your life. Yeah. And it wasn't your best friend. Sure. You know, maybe it's not your best friend, but it's someone that you, just once you think about it, all of these memories come back and they're all really positive make you yeah. feel really warm yeah. and then when you reconnect it's that, still that same energy totally. you know and again we were fighting over the bill just like natural oh, Capricorn. Yeah. and I'm just like dude <laughs> bitch like, the, like you know she's she, and, and I like remember she's a vegetarian you know I'm like do yeah. you still eat this and she's like how do you remember that right. you know like there's like intimate things and and things that we often forget and overlook and um, sometimes life just brings you back together yeah. you know and and then now she's married to like this EP that I used to, you know, talk to. So it's just what like a small weird. world, Yeah. Such a small, crazy world. I just, I just, it makes me so emotional to think about it because yeah. I'm like, as I get older and as I get to, you know, reconnect or rekindle from other people from my past that have created a safety for me. Yeah. Like I'm going to be a fucking mess
0: when I I'm know. like on my deathbed. I know, <laughs> I know. Like, but I love you and I love you. But it's also one of those things where you might hold these really great memories of somebody. And then when you meet with them and all of those are reaffirmed, that feeling is so beautiful because it's like, oh, it wasn't just me, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just me holding the, those like good sentiments like they're shared and there's something so powerful about that.
1: I know it's like you don't really think about it when you're younger just going through with it yeah. but I think after the pandemic I'm like God I'm so sentimental Yeah now. true connection. Yeah Well, to yeah, the <laughs> okay. well we're, okay. we're done babbling about this part y'all. Thanks for catching up with us I love it I love it and um, I'm so excited because Prisca's gonna go first Yes and we're gonna dive into topic one which is she's gonna educate me about out, like a specific moment that she's researched about mm. queer history. Yes. So uh,
0: ding 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 ding. Ding ding, ding. Uh, So uh, you know, I'm a little nervous, but um, I'm so, also le- nervous. I know. Why are we nervous? Because well, we're presenting. <laughs> like, this, this is, is like my college. Power point. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified. Um, but okay, so uh there's
1: <laughs> Are you getting all hot and bothered I'm by this so already? Hot it's hot like uh, you know it's like you're presenting your final and front of, like everybody in class, and if the professor's like like, all right, next is uh, Priscilla Liang.
0: Literally like that nervous. Um okay. So, uh there's a book called The Boys of Fairytown. It it's about the historical lives of a lot of queer men in particular in Chicago between Ooh. 1837 and the 1940s. So I I came upon this book because um, there's someone named Alak Vaid Menon, and you might know them from um, Jonathan Van Ness's new show, Getting Curious, on Netflix. Um this oh, podcast is becoming a show. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's amazing. Or yeah, it, yeah, it just came out. It's amazing. He can do anything. He can do anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he can. He can do roundup back handspring, back handspring, back tuck. So, and he does it for <laughs> to close each of his shows. But anyway, so Alak. Um, is kind of a really wonderful person who is an influencer in kind of the gender non-binary um, gender identity space, and you need to follow them on Instagram. It is just some of the most thought-provoking. Oh, also an author, so definitely check out their book. But if you follow them on Instagram, they have talks and they they have they share their writings um, that really really challenge you know the mainstream binary and, um, is constantly using words to recreate our understanding of gender. So Love that. Um, just stunning. And so they do these wonderful book reports every once in a while where they, they find a book and they, they share slides on them kind of like we're doing today. And so that, that was kind of the inspiration for the, for these episodes. Um, and this is one of the books that they recommended and, and did a book report on. So I decided to read it and kind of dig a little deeper into it. So anyway, that's my source material. Definitely check it out. So it's called the, F- the boys of fairy town. Um, and fairy towns were kind of used to describe whatever corner of life queer people existed in.
1: The we the of love everywhere, Exactly, every community.
0: Great. Exactly. Yeah. So we're talking about Chicago. And again, we're talking about Chicago from the 18th, 1837 to nineteen forty. So what do we think about when we think about that time period? I'm seeing two big wars. Mm-hmm. So basically we have World War One and we have World War II. Um, and in Chicago, during a, a lot of this time, uh, queer people lived in their own kind of underground and um the the interesting thing that i learned was there was no specific indicator that someone was queer uh so basically like there was no matter of speaking there was no specific way of talking there was no specific way of you know presenting oneself and so queer people were able to just kind of blend into society which Mm. is really interesting
1: they become Um, like really homogenous in nature
0: yeah now right Um, but at the time it was just you know and and um What's interesting is according to society at the time, being more of an effeminate man was not a problem. So you're coming from the days of like gentlemen and dandies and whatnot. And we're moving into this era of, you know, getting closer to the industrial revolution. So prior to that, in this in between moment, men were allowed to be effeminate and it wasn't considered queer.
1: Like soft effeminate like soft men effeminate were just more associated with like upper class, right? Potentially. Because you don't work. Right. Right? So you're you're softer, you're more known into like certain arts. Yeah. Certain classics.
0: Yes. And until until like, you know, post World War II, men were quite fastidious with their clothing, quite fastidious, you know, like they wore tights. Yeah, right. Like in the 1600s, like a lot of men uh, dressed very extravagantly, maybe even more so than women. Like, you know, so, uh, you know, this idea that we have of a guy throwing out a pair of jeans and a shirt is is pretty new in the Western world if you think about it. Right, right, right. So that's like really interesting. And so the language around queer men was vague because society hadn't yet narrowed it down. um, And there weren't these stereotypical markers that we think about now. But what's interesting too is like a lot of words began being used also by the queer community to try and figure out what they were, who they were. So words like sodomite Mm -hmm. um, were used very commonly, um, uh, degenerate, pervert. Like these were the words that kind of came about to, to describe them, but they weren't necessarily as derogatory as we would think of them today. So queer people at this time, they had a thriving underworld um, that I think if you were not in the queer community, you wouldn't know about. But then if you stumbled into these spaces, it wasn't as if they were so demarcated, you know, away. And so there were nightclubs, there were brothels, um, and they lived outside of a lot of scrutiny until the 1910s. Ooh. So what happened was, ooh, World War 1 is coming, right? Yeah. World War 1 is being called. And so it, it was a wave of conservatism. And so religious people and business people wanted to scrub the city of vice. They stumbled upon these queer spaces, saw in them that a lot of these queer men were dressed femininely and they dubbed them inverts because they believe that they inverted their gender identity. So that's kind of, so it was like these, if you think of it as like, these black hatted men, like almost like in Handmaid's Tale, they were like, well, there's a lot of vice in this city. We got to figure it out. We got to scrub it out. And they just stumbled upon these queer spaces and decided to demonize them.
1: Okay, interesting. So you were talking about like how we had those dandies, gentlemen, soft men, which was accepted in the social sense. And in these queer corners, did did these communities allow that queerness to be pushed more so? Um, yes. Okay. C- more so underground flourishing.
0: But post-world War one yeah then we have the age of the jazz age right <sighs> so you have this like conservatism that kind of disappears right and then you have this like prohibition era that drives up these underground spaces so all of a sudden um, this is when the queer men started to become more clearly identifiable mm. so certain like in in public spaces a lot of them would wear a little a red neck kerchief mm-hmm. to indicate to other people that. They're ready to go. Right. And during this time, there were people that they would call fairies or pansies, right? This, this is the terminology that was coined at the time. Um, and they typically weren't looking for sexual interactions with each other. Um, they would go, they, you know, they were all homies and they wanted to hang out and be entertained by each other. But they would go for what what, what at the time was called normal men so these quote-unquote normal men were basically passing men who could go very easily between non-queer spaces and queer spaces
1: oh interesting yeah so wow it's
0: super interesting and so it's also important to note that at the time it's like okay this is before they're necessarily like in terms of the hierarchy that queer people were considered more deviant than others so yeah like queer people were seen as deviant and for sure there were social constraints like you didn't if you were found like in coitus like you would get arrested or fined you know but it's important to note that during this period between world war 1 and world war 2 being queer was not any worse than being a young woman who cut her hair short and wanted equal rights and lost her virginity. right? So these two things were like on the same level of sexual deviancy and so a lot of these during this jazz age or during this kind of like crazy um, roaring 20s a lot of people would party together. So it was like young women who were like fuck like you know sexual constraints I'm doing what I want and then you know their male counterparts as well and queer
1: people all shared space and had fucking dope. Ass parties. See, that's so great. It's like we forget about these these pockets in history of like extreme like pseudo liberation. You know, like where they just went all buck wild. Yes, Mm -hmm. and
0: you know this is where a lot of that. I guess what we look at now is more like stereotypical queer markers like this is where they were allowed to start to flourish Yes, um, in these spaces where drag shows were a big thing and like you know yeah and then queer men would go to parties with makeup and that was a big thing that was like you know just gender bending you know not everyone was necessarily um, like neither masculine nor feminine presenting but a mixture of both you know
1: beautiful like Grecian times this is just literally I know history just really repeats itself, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Wow. Over and
0: over, and we never learn our lesson. And also, we know that Roxy would have been queen at
1: these parties. I you know? would have been fucking, I would have been, yes, the yes. drag queen of my life. Yes. Like It's so funny, because like, you know that my drag name is Avocado. Hey, avocado, for avocado, for those of you that don't get Avocado it. Like, is en français, but like, <laughs> I just had dinner with a friend a few weeks ago, and he was just like, you're Empress Pavilion. Hey, like, you know, like, yes. in some pavilion. Oh, yes. Like, like Pavilion I love, runs, but like Empress Pavilion Empress like just offering like Ooh. Shumai give and Kakao to, to everyone. It. Like, give it to me. <laughs> give so, it to me. Yes, Oh my like, God, that's so interesting. I never heard of the fairy boys in Chicago. Yeah, and, and so they called this the pansy craze. <laughs> like this is what they called okay, it. Okay, so they literally thought it was some sort of like a mania or some sort of trend that was happening. But again, people yeah. nowadays especially a lot of conservatives and like, yeah. you know, parents you know, they're just like, this is a trend. Like being right. queer is a trend. Yeah. But it's, right? not. it's not, it's not, it's totally, we're not. just
0: getting more vocabulary because even hearing the words that they like, even reading and saying the words right now, it's uncomfortable because the language has become so much more complex and loving and caring and, you know, and, yeah, and, and, and much more layered. Exactly. And, and, you know, we're not calling people inverts because they're quote unquote inverting their gender. Like it's, <laughs> So awful, like you know, and they would. I do I invert my gender? Yeah. make my dick go
1: back inside of me. I know.
0: <laughs> and then um, there's a couple more terms that then come after dun dun dun. So we know what happens at the end of the Roaring Twenties: the Great Depression. Bur, 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 bur. Like so, all of this craziness—they're finally coming out. Like they went from invisible to very visible to like, bitch, look at me, visible to all of a sudden the great depression hits us stock market crashes. It sends Chicago into a devastating poverty and a lot of these cabarets that were very popular. They started being raided by police and boarded up. Queer presence was all but obliterated. And part of what happened was that wave of conservatism kind of came back. So also during this time, you know, it's the rise of Hitler. Lots of things are happening in the world. So a lot of crazy things are happening. Um, And, During this time around the country, but then also like specifically in Chicago, there were what they called sex murders of little girls, a bunch of them. So this is going to make a lot of sense to you. You're going to love this. No, it's terrible. But President Hoover blamed these murders on what he called sex morons. So that term was coined during this period, sex morons. Sex morons and the way that they were described, like I said queer men queer men kind of came into visibility. President Hoover used the known the now-known definition of queer men to and attributed the same attributes to sex moron. So basically he's blaming gay men for Having sex murders of these young women—that doesn't make any sense at all. Well,
1: how would that make any that, sense? Like literally, does not even correlate. Literally, like it's just l- <laughs> like like villainizing like yeah. a, like a, a community that you don't stand for exactly. Yeah, it's just there's no direct correlation to what's actually happening. Yes, it's cool, it's, cool, cool, cool. cool. It's, yeah, it the makes president's so much doing sense. that. The president, yeah, that's great. Yeah,
0: so this wave of like hyper conservatism, like they basically demonize um, people who are queer, and basically this like understanding of homophobia that we look at look we look backwards on history to kind of these are the roots of that this is where it kind of sprung up from another element of it is post-world war ii so during world war ii a lot of men went off to fight the war a lot of women came and took over different industries like whether it was manufacturing or you know Any of these jobs that were left that had no men to do, women stepped out of the home into these spaces. Men came back and basically, one, had a little more trouble finding work. Two, were recovering from shell shock and whatnot and now had to require on government assistance. So basically, their manhood was Threatened, mm. taken away in some way. Mm. And so this is where that hyper-masculinity starts to come up again because it's men kind of reclaiming
1: their <sighs> role and, and we their see, space. We see this happening now, you yeah. know? And like uh, like Prisca and I were just talking about this before we even started the podcast, yeah. you know, like the Joe Rogan controversy yes. that's happening right now with Spotify. <sighs> and also it's just like the polarizing divide between like men trying to understand where they are on the polar scale of gender yeah. identity and then like If you're on TikTok, it's like, you know, we have uh, Drew Afualo, who is like just the most amazing, like, uh, like, uh, like misogynist killing, Uh, you know, feminist right right now and icon. And then we have all of these guys on podcasts, like talking about like reclaiming masculinity. Yeah, we're going through another period of it. It's like, it's just like, it's so insane because like, you're telling me all of this, but all I hear is like what we're going through now. Right. And also you're talking about the depression. I'm like thinking about like COVID and like our economy. Wow. You know, it's, it's really shell
0: shocking. It it is. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how many of these mistakes we've made
1: previously. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so uh, what you're doing is like just telling the future. Just
0: telling, yeah. Telling the future, looking into a crystal ball. But I think I wanted to set the backdrop for one of the things I want to talk about today. Uh, I I promise I won't go too much longer, but like basically this is the backdrop and in in this book they kind of indicate a lot of what we know about queer life is only due to people that wrote in diaries and wrote in their journals. Um, And they detailed their sexual experiences. Um, There's a man named John Wing who has what's considered the first more complete autobiographical account of of queer life in Chicago during this time period. Um, And it is like you know they share some ex- excerpts from his diary and it's pretty saucy like and like there's a lot of love and there's a lot of excitement and there's a lot of sass and you know it, it's just amazing because these are whole and complete people and they were just relegating them obviously to the, to the recesses of society you know um, so now a little bit more background on how sci- like science and the medical field saw these queer men um, this one physician wrote a paper that castration was the best possible way to quell same-sex desires and habitual masturbation. I just want to say that during this time they were obsessed with masturbation and they actually thought that masturbation is what led to becoming queer. I'm going to say that again. They thought that habitual masturbation was what led young boys and young men to becoming queer. Ask me why Roxy.
1: Well, you know, it's kind of crazy because when you're talking about this, all I could think about was what we talked previously on in terms of the institution of religion. Yeah. And like having men abstain from self-pleasuring. Yeah. You know, because the whole goal was to like only pleasure with a woman. <laughs> yes. Does that have something to do with that?
0: Basically, yes. And it's even more, you know. Exciting, I guess. So what the theory was, was that doctors believe that men who, quote unquote, self-abuse themselves, sapped themselves of their vigor and sexual potency, a.k.a. if they... Sc- if they, you know, orgasmed and sperm came out, then it became harder for the body to, like, catch up. Uh, that it was is like losing so manliness. fucking
1: stupid. Yeah. That is the <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Love that's, history. That's so... I love when people just, like, you know, they cre- the, the science wasn't there yet, obviously, so yeah. they're just... just trying to come up with whatever narrative yeah. just like fits their purpose the most totally. to, to induce fear and like to prohibit people from doing what they want Yeah, you know in my world it's like in spirituality like yeah. there's so much magic in sex whether it's with oneself Ooh. or with somebody else True, but you have to be able to you know like it's energy it's right energy. and yeah. it's release it's tension like yeah. it's also part of healing yes. <laughs> so like, yes. and yes. also like we orgasm because we're meant to. Our bi- yeah. our bodies Wants were built to. this way. Yeah. Yes. And in
0: fact, now they know that, like, you know, especially for men, if you don't orgasm, like, it's not good for your scrotum. Like, it's not yeah, yeah, You, you gotta, gotta clean to do- the yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you will always <laughs>
1: generate more sperm. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> Jesus Christ. But so
0: a lot of queer men ended up in sanitariums because they thought if, if you masturbated too much, it basically created this, like your body couldn't catch up to the manliness and it could cause per- permanent mental damage.
1: Oh, Jesus!
0: <laughs> yeah. So too much orgasming um, would cause irreversible, damage to your mind and you would go insane.
1: Oh, nowadays they're just like, if you masturbate, you are most likely to live longer. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So this is, this right now, like these papers were published kind of like right after world war one. So that wave of conservatism is kind of still in the air. So like, you know, we're talking like early 1920s, like, you know, era. And so, um, when I say Kellogg's, you know, what name comes to mind? The cereal. Yeah. Cereal. So I don't know if you know a man named John Harvey Kellogg, but he basically was the inventor of, of, of the cornflakes that we know of today. Sounds like a cool guy, right? He was a real son of a bitch. <laughs> so he thought whoever masturbated was not a real man. And he was like so serious about maintaining his manliness and his seed that he never consummated his marriage. <laughs>
1: what? Isn't the whole point yeah. too reproduce right that's so fucking it went too far yeah
0: so he basically um he had a little sanitarium where he would rehabilitate people from their masturbatory ways wow by doing like fitness and by eating a healthy lifestyle also like he promoted these crazy enemas which thankfully are not popular today but he created these cornflakes and they were an anti -anti anti-masturbatory Diet. Fuck. Cause they were like plain, they were healthy, they were supposed to give you a clear mind.
1: Dude, life must have been so boring. Honestly, yeah. fairness <laughs> makes everything so much more fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um,
0: but here's the fucked up thing. Like, yeah, obviously, like a lot of people went and not a lot of people's sons or daughters were cured. But for the chronic masturbators at his sanitarium, some of the things that they would do were threading silver wire through young male foreskin to irritate and keep them from masturbating. And for women, for the girls that went, they would use carbonic acid to burn their clitoris so that it would hurt to masturbate. Wow, people are so fucked up. People are so fucked up. And so these were like the popular sentiments at the time, which led to...
1: Wait, how much history are you? talking I'm almost done. This is my I'm only, last. Thing. I'm only doing like one person. No, 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 no. I don't like Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> no, like, sorry. I just okay. wanted to share the background okay, and, then, <laughs> and then share like this particular thing. I'm like feeling so intimidated. No, like, no, I'm no, just, no, I'm no. One I,
0: I'm. I'm just overdoing it. But it led to department stores starting to sell devices to stop masturbation. So I thought, okay, maybe it's just like a chastity belt of some kind. No, no, no. Sears Roebuck. You remember Sears? Yes. They had the best selling anti maspiratory device, which was basically a metal ring with spikes inside that you'd slip over your penis held together by leather straps or held on by leather straps to stop young men from getting erections because it would, and I quote, deflate them
1: oh man oh dude fuck what is this whole thing that people have against sex I don't know what is the what is, what is wrong with people it is part of nature's law to have sex it is it truly is but then you have to be oh, it's so weird yeah Fuck, that's crazy. I, I know. And I just want to clarify,
0: you know, uh, I think John Harvey Kellogg, his sanitarium was in Michigan, but, it, you know, it's pretty close to well, people um, are Illinois. People so, so
1: fucked, dude.
0: Yeah, it's really fucked. A lot of shit that we take for granted today you know we're saying history repeats itself but a lot of shit was still way worse and less understood and like they bogus science backing it backing it up you know
1: Dude, socialization man the societies are fucking any, yeah. anyone who has like power will do whatever they can to control people yeah I think that's that's what we are learning like even if you're like super left or super right or whatever someone's trying to control the narrative and control right. your body
0: a- absolutely yeah. I, but then it's also like it's showing us too like how easy it could be to fall back into it because it's so, it's so cyclical. Like we went from war to war and between the wars there was this moment of freedom and openness and, you know, bohemian uh, nature. And then... Capped off on either end is this like very close mindedness this very like fear basedness. And that's always kind of a danger. That's yeah, so we're itself. always
1: ping ponging between that because there's yeah. also like the 70s. Right. right. And, then the, and then we the have six. like the hyper. Oh, yeah. The 60s. The seventies also had some, uh, yeah, craziness, and the eighties yeah, became then real came conservative. Like, it's always just like, are we going too far? Let's let's yeah. let's come back, you know, yeah. to traditionalism or whatever. Right? Oh, oh my God, that's so interesting! Wow, Prisca, you really took us on a whole ride you know, there. Just, uh, there's so many <laughs> things there. I was like, mine is so different. No, am no, just no, no, literally no, no. focused on one. But person. that's why this is fun. Yeah, because
0: we're different teachers. Like you know, Roxy and I, we 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 have different classrooms. But you know, I think. I, I think I got a lot out of this because, um, honestly, if I'm being c- completely honest, it's shit I never think about. Right. It's shit I never think about. And when I approach, you know, gender conversations and politics now in this day and age, I don't think about the history, which is or, – or I only think about it in a very finite view, And so this is like opening things up and, you know, I'm not like a historian per se. So if there's comments you have about either of our stories today, please like share them with us because, um, it's very likely that I use the wrong terminology for something or didn't explain something clearly. But I think that it's only enriching our understanding of queer people and, you know, really looking at the forefathers of, of the people who dared to live and dared to step outside of the quote unquote Social norms at, at, at every point
1: in time. Exactly. And on that note, we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back with my story.
3: Ah! I think there's so many fictions that we inherit that weren't ours, and a lot of them have to do with exactly what you're saying: capitalism, patriarchy, heteronormativity, cisnormativity, white supremacy, and I, I do love to read, but I don't like to read these particular fictions anymore.
0: Hi goatees. Hope you're enjoying today's episode. Last season we had the honor of interviewing poet, activist, and educator Genevieve Ting. If you haven't heard this episode yet, add it to your queue now.
3: For the vast majority of my life, I was socialized as an Asian American woman. I still feel a great connection to like the femininity that lives inside of my body. And if womanhood was like this house that I was sort of like indoctrinated into, you know, for the longest time, like I knew the blueprint of the house. I knew that house well. I started to identify as non-binary and I was like, I don't want to be in this house. I want to be in my body.
0: Genevieve has a knack for using language to slice through convention to create new, beautiful things. It's intoxicating. It was a privilege to sit down with them and learn more about the intricacies of their gender identity journey.
3: I I feel like I'm so much of me is dying as I'm rebirthing myself. There, there is the very easy narrative of, like, I'm finally becoming the person I want to be, and that's great, but there also has to be space for, like, the messy reality, which is, like, I'm also dying, yeah. and I'm also, like, putting myself to rest all the time, and it's okay for me to, like, be mourning myself because it happens, and transition also means change.
0: We hope you take a listen. Head to 2 slash episodes slash queerness to listen now. Or find the episode on Spotify and iTunes. Okay, now back to the show. All right, welcome back, goatees. How was your little breaky break? Yeah, really? <laughs> I hope it was great. Um, thanks for bearing with me through topic one. Rox, I'm super excited for topic two today. Roxy, can you tell us what your history lesson is? Today.
1: Okay, so Priska really focused on like the macro view of like a section in history regarding a queer community that expanded into some parts of time and mm-hmm. certain patterns of life. I just came across this phenomenal character in history and we hear about like swashbuckling pirates, we hear about, you know, But I was looking for something specifically like Asian, mm-hmm. but then... I couldn't find any. Uh. And I know that that's sort of like really erased. Like there's Unix and then, but those stories are very much erased. So I'm curious if any of you goatees know about like a queer icon, um, please let me know. Cause mm. I would love to know more about it, especially in the Asian space. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was on TikTok cause clearly that's where I get all my knowledge <laughs> from. And I was thinking about, you know, this topic that we were going to have and lo and behold, something came up Ooh. and basically this woman her name was Julie D'Aubigny. I'm probably saying it wrong. But she was also known as La Maupin. This woman was a 17th century French opera singer, cross-dressing sword fighter. What? And she's a bisexual. <gasps> so... <laughs> I'm just going to go through her timeline as best as I can, okay, to give you a sense of who this person was Holy shit. and how people celebrated her <gasps> instead of demonizing her. And she lived her life with such truth and authenticity and color. And she died by 33, which no! is crazy. Like, but but I'm like looking at her resume. and She was either a fire sign or an earth sign. Like, oh, yeah. there's there's, sure. there's like no way she could have done all of this or any of us could have had an adventurous life like this before we died. And she she was always like tipping the scales and like challenging the norms and like challenging the patriarchy. Wow! And, um, and there hasn't really been like a movie, a big movie made about this person. So Ooh, God is ready. <laughs> I know. Or I'm, I'm just, um, I don't even know who I'm like thinking for this. But you know, I texted my manager right yeah. away, and I'm like, How has there been no like big movie? Yeah. Or or like probably there was, but like not here in Hollywood made about this woman oh my because gosh. she's just so she's just so legendary. But anyways, let me paint the scene. 17th century France in Versailles. Mm. So this woman, Julie, she basically grew up in the stables in Versailles and she comes from a fencing family. So her, her father was like master of the horses, master of the stables. And they basically have like fencing history. And so her father taught her how to fence from a very young age. And, um, as a, as a teen she would start like doing duels and she would dress as a man and she'll go and challenge men in these duels and then when she beats them they become so humiliated and they don't believe that she's a woman and in a duel one time she just opened up her blouse in front of everybody to prove that she was a woman. Holy shit. As a teenager, the gall. Wow. Right? So then her notoriety came from her dueling and then um, as an opera singer she introduced a contralto range. From Italy to Paris. Oh shit. Because there's always like the high surprise yeah. That were like popular at the time. But she she like introduced like this lower, like, you know, beautiful tone that's rich. And as a singer, I think you would really appreciate yeah.
0: that. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but you're the reincarnation of No! <laughs>
1: yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Oh, babe. It okay. gets fucking okay. crazy. here we go, here so we then, go. So then she's she um, she becomes known in France for her dueling okay. and, like, her opera singing, because she performed in big companies as, Jeez. like, known for, like, the most beautiful singing voice. And also, she became known for kissing too many women. And Love like, it. <laughs> triple threat. She's just, like, really openly bisexual. She had an affair with her father's boss. Wow. You know, and then her her new fencing teacher, Sachan had an affair with him Ooh. and i i think deep down researching her she had a sex addiction okay because she's just she has so many lovers and like just a complete fucking dog. Whoa. um and even at one point she had an affair with a merchant's daughter oh and then like the daughter's family tried to separate them by like like to making her become a nun in a convent oh my god Julie followed her became no. joined the convent no and then burned down the convent yes and then escaped with her lover oh my god wow. and so she so everything that was just like institutionalized or norm, like for some reason there hasn't been a lot of like ostracization or like anything negative wow really talked about like she was really celebrated for her gift and so anyways she was born in 1673 okay and like her father was the master of the horse for King Louis XIV and so um his father was training pages and so his daughter just naturally learned fencing reading drawing and like alongside the men you know what I mean wow so then she did get married okay which is like strange and then like she thought her husband was like really lame but then she took his name so that's how she became Madame de Maupin or oh. La Pen. so then she became known as an opera singer as La Pen. okay <laughs> freaking weird Crazy. anyways so then she she basically like did all this singing and then she was singing as the soprano but then later in her more natural contralto range, she was on tour in Paris, just like always singing, always doing this stuff. She fell in love constantly. But like her career in Paris was interrupted because she attended a court ball in um. men's clothes one night. Ooh. And she kissed a young woman in front of everyone on the <gasps> dance floor. Oh shit! And 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 like it insulted some of the men there. Sure. So then she she did it better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then so you know she's just naturally in drag most of the time. Wow. And so these there were three men that challenged her to a duel that night, and then she defeated all of them. Oh my god. To the death? No, no, no. Uh, But then, like, but King Louis, like, he outlawed duels, so then she had to flee to Brussels. Casual. (laughs) Wow. And then she had like another lover there. But then she's also known for like her extreme antics. Like, for example, like on on stage yeah she would like cut herself with a knife and start what? bleeding what yeah yeah just she'll, she'll shock the audience oh. like shock value wow and then one time she was like she bit her her friend's ear off no like on stage
0: so mike tyson took that from her yeah <laughs>
1: She's a little insane. Yeah, a little like, bit. She's, she's a little cuckoo, but then she never lived in fear. So then like after she got like, you know, banished or exiled for a little bit, she she found herself like working as a maid, you know, and then wow. like she would she would if, if someone mistreated her, she'll always find a way to embarrass or humiliate <laughs> them. And then so then like basically she she then eventually made her way back to Paris okay. performing at the Court of Versailles and then like at most major opera productions. And then she started to take on this role, right? She introduced a contralto range that she learned from Italy to Paris. But then she started, like, defending chorus girls against, like, lecherous barons and tenors. Ooh. Ooh, and then, the original um, Me Too. Exactly. She was, like, <laughs> she was, like... <laughs> she, was, ahead, she, ahead. she was, like, yeah. she, was, like <laughs> she had a Twitter. She's, she's she more intense than the people that, like, live in our generation. Oh, like, for she fucking sure. burned down a convent. Oh, yeah. You know? No, she gave no shit. <laughs> she gave no shit. <laughs> and then, like, she, and then um she tried to, like, she became infatuated with, like, a, a, a certain soprano called Fanchon Moreau. Then she tried to kill herself or, like, to threaten to blow her own brain. Like, she's, like... Like really Whoa. she's basically lady gaga but yeah. like really mentally unhinged wow but everyone adored her yeah, I like, mean, crowds adored her can because you imagine of her high how profile. boring
0: most of the people were at the time, and how exciting
1: like she was. Like, you know what I'm it's saying? So she's like constantly drinking wine, <laughs> yeah. constantly making out, yes. and like constantly fighting people to the death. Oh like, my she's gosh. killed at least three men. Holy shit! Yeah, 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 through duels. And so, like, her brawling, her dueling, you know, her breeches, her Whoa. swords, her contralto. Like, this is such like an Aquarius yes. living in this time. You know, totally. Eventually. Near the end of her life, in 1703, she fell in love with Madame la Marquise de Florensac. I might be saying it wrong. And then this woman was known as the most beautiful woman in France.
2: Ooh!
1: It's like the Helen of Troy. Damn! Right? So beautiful that... this this Madame de Florensac had to flee Brussels for several years because the Dauphin was obsessed with her. Wow.
0: (laughs) Wow, what a problem to have.
1: (laughs) So then, and she's, like, really wealthy, well-connected, and then she felt, you know, um, her and La Maupin, like, fell in love with each other. And then they lived for two years until uh, de Florensac died of a fever. No! And then heartbroken, Julie, like, Entered a convent, even though she burned one down oh, great. in her earlier years. And then when she died at the age of 33. Oh my God. You know? So, so, anyways, this woman basically was a celebrity as one of the shining stars of Shit. the opera world, of the theater world. Shit. She's a cross dressing, like, you know, sword fighter, dueler to defend women. I'm shook. She has lovers with men and women, depending on who's ever her fancy, whatever was wow. her interests at the time. Damn. She would destroy institutions. Damn. She would kill men if they <laughs> fucked with her for too long. She'll expose her, her body to the public. She'll fucking... This person was very real.
0: Wow. So, it like, was part of it because you couldn't stop her like because she could fight you to the death if she needed to I don't know there was like
1: almost no like I don't I couldn't find any evidence of her being reprimanded wow but I also think it's because she grew up In the court of Versailles. Oh, okay, okay. You know, her father was someone not respectable, but he was... A little nepotism helped. A little (laughs) little nepotism helped. Like, she grew up in the court of King Louis XIV. Wow. So, like, in a way... She's like, don't touch me. Exactly. Like, how did you... Like, as a teenager, she would start dueling men.
0: Holy shit. You know, but it also shows what a little charisma can do. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And then she's like, also, I'm going to, like, out-sing everybody and being... Yeah. You know, the the bell of the ball yeah. in, like, literally every sense of the word. Wow. Can you believe, like, you've never seen this character no. in, like, a TV show or movie before? No, no.
0: And, I mean, the only way you'd see that is if it was someone super productive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because she seems like a very intelligent, unhinged, interesting person. And she
1: died, like, younger than us. <laughs> That's... Yeah. I mean... <laughs> great (laughs) (laughs) no but it's crazy fight some duels i'll be right back (laughs) it's like like, i'm gonna go rescue they were like oh she's like a nun loving like a nun loving cross-dressing like opera singing like bisexual woman openly bisexual woman
0: you know i just like i just love that attitude that she has and it's so inspiring that she existed in history because like badass women even though they weren't written about in that many history books like, we're out there. Can you know? imagine how
1: hot that is, though? It's like so hot. As, like, a, a really beautiful woman, like, dressed in, like, yes. you know, just as a man and, like, fucking fighting for your own. It was so hot. I am hot. salivating. I am salivating, yeah. too. I, I think I'm in love. I know. I was, like, looking up more stuff because I was, like, texting my manager about it. And then um I think Natalie Dormer from yeah. Game of Thrones oh, yeah. is, like... I think they're developing a TV show where she gets to play Uh, her. Oh, okay. But I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's cool, that's cool. And I was like, man, like this this woman is fucking fascinating. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She just like did not give a fuck. No. And if she had to run, she'll run, but then she'll she'll find herself and like like someone will notice her talent and then she'll go and perform and then you know, she'll make her money that way. She made a lot of money, you know, like being a performer.
0: Yeah. So reading this story, like, what were kind of the feelings going through your mind? well upon discovery
1: you know when we were talking about queer history the first feeling that came to my heart was just like oh gosh you're going to investigate this struggle Mm. from the lack of liberation but in essence i found somebody who lived her life yeah without any fucks yeah you know yeah and and she just like you know just lived her truth Mm. straight from the from the beginning and you know defied gender norms yes you know and like openly kissed openly defied (sighs) And maybe I'm like, there has to be consequence. Like, obviously she was challenged to to duel and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. She'd be all of them. Because she was just fucking good at what she did. (laughs) And then dated the most beautiful woman in France. Oops. (laughs) That's such a power move. But it's like going off of what you were sharing. It's like there are bouts in history where it's like, oh, the most beautiful woman in France, like ended up falling in love with a woman too. Yeah. Yeah. And they lived their truth in that way. Right. And they were celebrated for it.
0: That's so fascinating. And I I do wonder what the sentiment of that on the ground was, you know, surrounding her. I'm so curious.
1: Because, like, who knows? Like, maybe we're telling her story now and, like, we're just like, oh, like, everything on YouTube and, like, everything in the articles that were written about her is just like, this woman's a bad bitch. Like, she's just a badass bitch. But maybe that's the narrative we're trying to control, too. Right. And who knows if all of it's real? You know, there's still facts that are being challenged, right?
0: Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a lot. To know, and there's a lot that might be unknowable because not everyone was a vlogger back then. Like, you know, I think historians are gonna really enjoy this period of time that we're in right
1: now. If I were swept up as a nun and forced to go into a convent, yeah. would you come and rescue me? hundred oh,
0: percent. I'd burn that shit down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> would you carry me in your arms? Oh,
0: yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, no doubt. That's, you, that's right how on my I back. Imagine it. I yeah. imagine
1: you cross-dressed. Yeah. In, in your what's my music? Outfit.
0: Yeah. What's my music? What's my cue music sound um, like? Um,
1: um Rambo. <laughs> you <laughs> rocky this is how I imagine it I imagine I mean, I know, I'm much bigger than you but like I'm in no. my nun's clothing yeah. and then you're mm. yeah Ooh, exactly wait, are
0: we making a porn okay so I'm
1: like ready. I'm like the nun right yeah. and then like you come in we, we're like outside we don't see what's happening yeah. right Yeah. and then suddenly I see you, you, like you're carrying me with your breeches <gasps> and stuff yes. like, but you're carrying me in my nun's outfit and then there's an yes. explosion in the background but we're shot in slow motion there's the explosion in the back and then there's Rambo or Rocky or whatever the fuck score is playing underneath.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can you see it? Oh yeah, 100%. So hot. I I can totally see it. it. It's like a tarantino movie like yeah. vibe yeah 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 totally like a beautiful long shot of that explosion yes. and then yes. us like you know yes, yes. coming well, towards the camera motion. yeah
1: yeah and you carrying me i love it like i'm just like oh my god thank I you i mean so- yes this is and your thing. hands around my waist <laughs> yeah like usually usually i mean for those of you who knows you know it would be the other way around but i'm just <laughs> no. i'm just playing into this fantasy no, right now i love now. it okay, i'm in yeah okay great. I'm, I'm all about it yeah because <laughs> like, when i when i was reading about her i was like imagining you and me but like <laughs> You save me from the convent. That you know I'd save you. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and you know we were lovers in a past life. Like, oh, absolutely, no One hundred percent. So that's basically the story wow. of Level Pond. Wow. That's uh, so. Do you feel like you relate to her?
1: I think I. I think I don't know. I don't think I relate to her. I think that when I read her story, I was like, this is someone who is brazenly unapologetic wow. at a time when I just thought. Anything before this time. I You know that thing where you're just like, we must live in the most liberated version of history. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because everyone's like, progress. Yeah. But we don't. But then I heard about, you know, what you shared about, like, the fairy boys. And yeah. And what I just shared about how she was celebrated. Yeah. What do we really know?
0: I think when there is, the, the, obviously... Being restricted, being othered is awful. But I think when humans are met with those barriers, they fight against them in more spectacular ways because they have to, you know, Mm. it's what it's like if you cage someone, they're going to find more like they're going to find more ways to get out than if there's no cage, you know. Mm -hmm. So I I think a lot of these stories, it's like we're hearing these very, very courageous um, acts That now we would take for granted, but that the acts themselves had to be courageous because otherwise there was no getting over the barriers.
1: I don't know what I would do if I was in a sanatorium or like being watched as to whether or not I'm going to touch my clitoris or not. Yes. That's my private time. Thank you.
0: Yeah. It's just so crazy. I mean, you know, we're very fortunate, I guess, to have grown up in a time where like personal privacy is valued um maybe too much so nowadays but like i think if you're a teenage boy living in a one room apartment or house with your parents that's how they know you're masturbating because it's like there's no hiding yeah you know, it's there's like, a, like the, lotion, slip off the, yeah. the butter lotion <laughs> yeah. and then
1: like the kleenex <laughs> yeah and you're
0: like in a lot of those spaces i, I don't know this might not be relevant, but like you you hear your parents having sex because there's no, there's no way not to. So it's like your personal, like your personal expression of your sexuality, there was no hiding place for it. And, and yeah, that, that just seems like such a crazy time to try to develop who you are. Everybody was
1: so mentally ill and had no idea.
0: Yeah. (laughs) They're just all sexual morons, which I think is such a crazy term. Sex sex morons. morons.
1: I was like, when you told me that, I was like, there's no way. (laughs) Like we know like gay people would not fucking fuck with that. No. They have the least amount of interest in that. Like, Like that's a whole nother case. It's like saying, Hey, I want like chocolate. Ice cream it's like we're making shumai. Like yeah. what the fuck like, no, what? It has <laughs> nothing to do with it. has nothing other. to do with yeah. it. And it's just like everyone's just like trying to control the narrative, you right. know? And, and when they don't understand like yeah. the community at all. They don't understand the nuance of it.
0: Totally. And I think hearing, you know, what you shared about La Mopan, it's so incredible because what an inspiring figure that has, you know, for one reason or another, not been added to our history books or our literature books. I'm like, be you know. For Halloween. Please. I want to get a tattoo of her. Like, uh, yeah. what a badass. You know? Uh, and I think we need more of these figures. We need more of these heroes because if our heroes are all white men riding horses, like what enrichment does that add to our lives, you know? Especially exactly. in the western world. It's
1: like everyone's celebrating Casanova. I'm like, excuse me, this is yes, Casanova. That's <laughs> the real Casanova. Oh, beautiful woman
0: in France. Like, bitch,
1: bagged it. No, exactly. Kidding. No hate to Heath Ledger. No. He did a really great job yeah, playing Casanova. R.I.P. <laughs> well, I had such a fucking ball yes you know i'm just like my mind is blown from oh my what gosh you shared.
0: yes go tease. if you have other topics you want us to cover we're gonna do this again it's probably something we're gonna do at a pretty regular clip we're probably gonna do an asian-american version we're i do really want to learn about version. that yes we're just gonna do all the things and learn about all the things and um, any
1: historians please just dm me because <laughs> yeah. i want to make sure i can educate on like a wide range of history
0: definitely i ooh, i want to I, I want you to touch my mind you know uh, what I'm did saying? i touch your mind today yeah,
1: you, oh you touched it Good. Okay, you good. made my
0: mind orgasm I'm you gonna brought me
1: to fruition amazing yeah again explosions in the background yes. slow motion walking out of i the know convent. yes Love Walk, that.
0: I, I that should be our promo for season four i think so
1: yeah dude let's yeah. film it let's fuck get yeah. it done
0: a okay. horse? who has a horse <laughs> To DM us. Um, but you know, it's so great because even after our virginity episode, we had people who were art historian majors and historian majors, uh, history majors contact us and let us know other things about virginity, you know, and other things about how sex was uh, taught at different points in time. So you enrich us. So please DM everything that you have to say about like different periods in time. And what you want us to cover? Hey, Prisca. Yeah,
1: I think I hear something, but what? it's not a siren. No, what is that? I don't know. Oh. <gasps> oh!
2: <laughs>
1: so, um, have you been to Major Domo? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Did you wait? Was this one of your unsolicited picks before? No, no, okay, okay, no. Right. But okay. I love
0: you know. I have a I, I have a deep love for Dave Chang that also comes with a lot of you know.
1: Other things. Yeah, other other feelings. Yeah, other feelings.
0: Like, I love him like a brother. Uh, I don't know him. No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anyways,
1: well, I, 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 Major Dumbo has been around for a long time, obviously, and I just um, haven't gone. So, um, because pandemic and also I've just resorted to eating ramen out of the packets when I've been cooking them. So, you know, that's sort of like where... my mind is that's the vibe right now <laughs> you know i've been making um chat pate, which mm. is a nepali street snack what? recently i'm wondering if i should that should be my next solicited pick of sure. like but okay i'll, I'll do chat pate. but um so then my friend is an investor at um, major domo she invests in a lot of Shut like up. yeah momofuku and um a lot of his business investments and so she was um we met recently at a festival and yeah. she was like hey like let's go have dinner at you know um major domo and then producer nina yangbon Jovi also went and the director of LA Asian also went. And then so it was supposed to be like a very Sundance event, even though I've never been to Sundance, you know. (laughs) It's fine. Um and then we all had a really good time. It was nice to get everybody together, eat on the patio, you know, after the Omicron sort of fucking surge of fucking bullshit, fucking Mm -hmm. you know what it is. Um and then I wanna ask you what your favorite dish from Major Doma is. Mine is the chicken.
0: (gasps) Ooh, I don't think I got the chicken. Tell me about the chicken, tell me everything.
1: Okay, so it's just, like, boiled chicken, right? That's, like, the main entree. Yeah. What they do is they separate the dark meat and the white meat. They make the white meat into hainan <gasps> Hainan chicken. Yum. And then they make the dark meat into, like, this, 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 like, I, I, I don't know, like, like a, like a, what is a samgi-tang uh-huh. type, type thing. Ooh. And then, and but the broth is so creamy Ooh. like 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 it's like milky looking Ooh. it's so good i literally could not stop thinking about it oh my god they just made this chicken dish into two dishes <gasps> and it's the most amazing like obviously everything else at major dome is really great but for me it's like the simplicity of <sighs> this yeah and the fact that like it's so hard Check out uh, Prescott's recipe on High tea But like, it's so hard to make a really good Hainan yep. chicken. So hard, and and takes forever. Fucking the rice, man. Oh my god. The, the fattiness. Oh the silkiness. Oh my god. I'm almost annoyed that he got that so right. You know, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and then like okay. I was I was like looking at I was I was crazy. Literally two days afterwards, I'm like looking at caviar. Yeah. Like trying to see, and that was the one dish that they do not deliver.
0: Oh, they don't. They oh, don't deliver oh, that. Shit. They deliver
1: other things like the sum and like all yeah. some of the other stuff, but. Not the boiled oh, chicken. Oh, great! Yeah. So then John and I are going there for Thanksgiving. Oh my God! No, okay. Thanksgiving Valentine's yeah, Day. No, no, yeah. That's great. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. That, oh, that sounds like he came up delicious. with some other suggestions, but I'm like, I don't care why. <laughs> came up oh my like, gosh!
2: Go eat the
0: chicken dish. I want that so badly. I well, okay. I think what upset me was that the bings are like eleven dollars or twelve dollars. Oh, That that's like that's like rude. I I don't know. I think because I grew up with aunties making bings in the kitchen with like 10 cents of flour you know what I mean like yeah and then like on the street like you know in Taiwan you can get a bing for like maybe 13 cents you know what I mean like and it just kind of pissed me off but that being said like yeah the food was really good I think I forget exactly what it was called, but I think he had like basically like a possum spread with mm-hmm. like the giant like short ribs, like
1: yeah, 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 yeah. The and short ribs that slam, was right? yeah. really good, yeah, yeah, that
0: was amazing. And then like I think I think they make they used to make like a fried rice at the end, kind of <gasps> like at a restaurant, and that was like some of the best fr- I was so annoying how good that was, like it was so
1: fucking good. Have I taken you to duck barbecue? No, oh. I guess we're going today. Yeah, we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna go. Oh, well, I gotta, yeah, we gotta see if it's open. Okay. Um. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, I, I oh you, you would you, fucking love. Oh it. my, because that was one of your unsolicited yes, uns- yes, picks yes, before. Their but- fried rice with the duck fat oh is my god. just. I, okay. I want to okay. 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 My second pick is I'm going to be sharing um a recipe for chat Ooh. or chat bat, which is basically a Nepali street dish. Okay. Get ready for this. Yum. I cannot. Okay. So I'm going to share my chat bat recipe my way, okay. which is inspired by TikTok, obviously <laughs> using the ingredients that we could get here. Okay. Okay. Just imagine this in your head. I'm also okay. going to give you a couple of these packets to take home with you. Okay. Uh, so you could try this as well. So I used YY instant noodles, which is the Thai instant noodle okay okay so then what you do is you chop up cucumbers okay. you chop up red onions Ooh. dice everything finely Ooh. chop up some cherry tomatoes Ooh. yeah put it in a bowl lemon juice then you take the the instant noodles don't cook it crush it up okay put it into <gasps> the dish use all the seasonings Ooh. it's kind of like a weird ass salad no yeah it's good though And then you put juice of a lemon okay Shiracha. Okay. <laughs> and then um, jalapenos. You could cut jalapenos in there as well. Oh, wow. And then I like to put a little bit of chili oil and garlic in there. <sighs> that sounds fucking dope. <laughs> you could put jicama. You could put, like, I put some chickpeas for protein in there. <gasps> And then also um, anything else, you could put um, cumin powder Ooh. in it. So it becomes this. <laughs> I'm salivating so hard. You know oh it's my God. good. That sounds so fucking good. So crunchy. It, it is like fresh vegetables with like. I think it's like- crunchy Pretty instant healthy. noodles <laughs> yeah yeah Healthy-ish. but with all the asian flavors south asian flavors oh and then it's very God. sour very spicy
0: oh it's like hitting every quadrant Add some of cilantro
1: <gasps> get a little weird let's get a little weird it's so ooh. good
0: oh my gosh i could i could sit down to some of that i'm you know gonna give I'm you some yy
1: because I, I i bought like a whole bunch of, of of this i'm gonna give some to you okay 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 so anyways it's called yy bat. so there's a lot of ways of making this chatbot, but like. Like, you know, you look it up find in your it. own way. Yeah,
0: you can find it on TikTok. <laughs> so, oh my God, that sounds God. so fucking good. And it's like technically a salad. <laughs> yeah, it's like technically a salad. Like a little bit of sodium, but like who cares? Okay, like really? Yeah. Like who cares? Okay, um, i talked okay, too much. Okay, I your turn. It. No, I love it. Um, okay. Funny that you should mention chicken because my rec also has to do with chicken. <gasps> so, uh, you know, I was in Portland. Yes. If you're ever in Portland or you've been to Portland, you know about this place. You love this place. Nong's guy. Sorry for my pronunciation. But- It's basically a Thai chicken Uh and rice place, and it is fucking... Dope. So basically, like they've really got their shit down to a science now because they used to like you know serve in their restaurant, but because of COVID, they basically serve it to you in this kind of like paper. It, it feels like you're on the street in Asia. Hold on, hold on. But what is what is a dish that's like Thai chicken and rice? It's basically like Hainanese. Oh, it, it's basically like Hainanji. Oh, We both
1: love Hainanese. Yeah, obviously obviously. So, yeah, <laughs>
0: and then you can order um, chicken skin as a side, crispy chicken skin. Fuck you. Yeah, and it comes with a little broth um, with, with winter melon inside yeah yeah, it's so fucking good so like you know we got it you know while I was working up there like we got it for lunch and then on the last day we were like sweet so we picked it up Um, before we went to the airport, chugged the broth that it came with so that we could bring it on the plane. And then when we landed, we got home and like ate that for dinner. And literally like I cried. Like it was just so good. And like, you know, some people say it's like overhyped and whatever. I don't give a fuck. It's delicious. It's amazing. The chicken is moist. Everyone's a fucking critic. Everyone's a critic. Can you make that? Thank you. Can you make that? Thank you. you. And I've made it before and it took fucking forever and it's so hard to get right and they just fucking nail it. And like- Yeah, it is weird that it's mostly, like, white boys working there. No, but it was started by a Thai lady. So, like, it's just fantastic. It's awesome. And, like, Portland, I think, as a city, is really hurting after COVID. So, like, you know, to support whatever businesses up there is so great. And I fucking love
1: it. Hell yeah.
0: The second one is a guilty, guilty pleasure. And I, I almost feel like you guys are, like, seeing my underwear or something. Like, I feel vulnerable sharing this. But my second one is... I love trash TV. Roxy knows this. I made her watch Love Island with me, and <laughs> she hated how much I she loved it.
1: <laughs> she
0: but I got into it. Hate but people. hated it. She <laughs> christ like oh, it was my, IQ, <laughs> my IQ. up
1: IQ plummeted. Yeah, but she got super into it. May the record how show. Can there be so much drama <laughs> yeah, over the course I of a know. night. But
0: I watch Below Deck. <laughs>
1: What is which this?
0: is, so on these like on these super yachts, um, it's basically covering um, the, the below deck crew. So like all of the stewardesses, the chief stew, the deck hands, the, you know, oh. the captain. Mm. And then every, every, um, they have like, I think nine charters in the season. So you get like this mix of like influencers and then like super rich oligarchs and like, you know, all, so the guests are fascinating. Sometimes they're awful, like a bunch of bros that are partying, partying till dawn. And sometimes they're great. Like, you know, they're, I just saw one, where this lady had stage four cancer and she was like you know i'm just gonna rent this for my friends this super yacht so that we can appreciate my life and like you know before yeah, i yeah, go yeah. so there's this huge range and then of the yachties like all of them they always have hookups they always have like drama i mean when they you're always on
1: a boat in you know, the middle of the ocean right you know yeah like that's it is it really in reality at that point right. like yeah No, it's not reality, but that's why you have all these
0: concentrated, very human, like, experiences. And, like, yeah, some people will say, yeah, the producers, like, really push for certain things. I don't care. It's reality. It's reality TV. Like, I will fully suspend my disbelief for any amount of time. No, but it's so
1: true. It's, like, I I feel like drama will occur no matter what. Like, if you put people in a concentrated place away from everybody else and it's just, like, you. Yeah. Like, if it's just you and me. Yeah. We would make out. We would make out. Yeah,
0: no, for sure. Easily, easily. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, hour three, we're like, well, I guess there's nothing else to do. And then you would actually be
1: more gay than me. Yes. And then then I would actually be really effeminate for some reason. Like, Uh, weird things would happen. Ride outside of a convent and blow it up. You know what I'm saying? Weird things would happen. Weird things would happen. Like like that, but it would happen.
0: Yes. (laughs) And so I think Below Deck quenches my thirst for both um, hyper luxury, which is like, just fascinating like all you capricorns know,
1: love 100 all, yes
0: love like you know and then a behind the scenes infatuation which is basically why i became a film student Yeah, like, but how but why but how uh-huh, it, the, uh-huh, you get a little bit uh-huh, of that uh-huh. beautiful scenery uh-huh. because they're in like corfu they're in like greece they're in the dominican they're like you know all these the Maldives, like these beautiful settings
1: you know like g- 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 gorgeous settings i'm afraid of who i would become if i were in those settings. oh yeah
0: and then you know how I like to keep my house like they give like they're they're showing their housekeeping they're sharing like you know like them fighting over like who does laundry better and I'm just sitting there like so enthralled I'm like oh my gosh the third stew like didn't fucking crease her fucking fold
1: it's so crazy because you and I as people like we always love to observe and like take the macro perspective of like looking at how silly people are but if you and I were in that situation I think we'd be pretty fucking crazy oh yeah
0: oh no we would be crazy yeah and you know, it's always nice to imagine like, Oh, I, you know, I would be built for this, but you're not there. Like, no, you don't know. You know no. what I mean? If
1: I was in the Maldives, I yeah. fuck everyone. Yeah. <laughs> every i'd become you're right i do see myself in right Mom right oh, yeah 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 it's just an opening it's an opening up it's an unfurling so anyhow watch below deck i also started watching
0: below deck um sailing uh which is great because it's on a smaller sailboat and so more drama because they're in closer and more quarters. turbulence and oh my gosh s- motion sickness so much turbulence it's <laughs> oh my, so great it's like, so great yeah it's horrible but it's so great why do you recommend these things
1: i, I don't know all right y'all
0: all right we love y'all I yes. hope this was a fun episode for you because it was definitely a fun episode for us. Roxy, before we go, can you can we go to school real quick?
1: Oh, yeah. It's time for class. <gasps> Let's speak
0: Taiwanese.
1: Okay, so it's funny because I always want to, like, um, correlate the lesson with um, our general topic of the day. sure, 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 sure. So, sure. you know, like queerness in itself is obviously very polarizing you know mm. because it's either celebrated or it's being denounced or it's being ostracized or blah, 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 yeah. right and so you could say that being queer is a good thing or bad thing or that it's bad luck or good luck right oh interesting it's interesting like yeah. oh you know my parents are like you're gonna have a harder life just because you're queer i'm like says who <sighs> says who like i think it's a harder life to be yeah. <laughs> like confined into heteronormative whatever but anyways to so they say uh if you if you have a good life, they go, Oh, 李家, oh, 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 Mm, oh, li jia right? he. He. it's like sort of like good luck and bad luck like oh you have a good karmic Ooh. life or you Ooh. have good karma or bad karma right okay so if you're like if we're watching somebody who like has the yacht life yes. right it's like oh and then if you're just like bad luck which is um um I don't even know how to say it in Mandarin but it's like li jia. Pai mia. Li jia yeah, You know? So it's like. So hey, 排名. Yeah, yeah, 排名. She's there, they're like scratching her fucking ovaries or whatever. and <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of applications for this. A hundred. Mm-hmm. It's basically saying you have really good luck or you have really bad luck.
0: Well, hopefully everyone out there is <laughs> There you go. Yeah. There you go. good job everybody let me know if you like that awesome thank you teacher thank you teacher you know my things for you know my thing for teachers i you know my thing for teachers it's not even sexual it's brain (laughs) shul are
1: you gonna bring me a shiny red apple
0: you know it oh i have 17 in my car for you 17 no do you have 16 other fucking teachers that you're also entertaining (laughs) Well, I didn't want you to find out this way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we really hope y'all enjoyed the lesson today. Don't forget to have a horny week. Our lovely goatees. And remember, stay, stay horny, horny. No! Dude, La would be proud of that because yeah. she's like a opera singer.
2: Oh, I finally found a life alone without I swore I never would, I'd never see, I'd never know I used to stand inside the gates, look outward Thinking wouldn't it be great to be free, to be whole No wasting time for me Be free, um, to be
3: whole
1: Roxy and her. Prescott. (laughs) Music by Abraham Kim. What's up, babe? Incidental music provided by Dan, aka Dan. Artwork by Connie N. Please visit us at TwoHornyGoats.com. Have thoughts or questions for us? Email us at Hello at TwoHornyGoats.com. Okay,
2: bye. bye.